the book of Ephesians is going to push us. The book of Ephesians is going to challenge us in our walk. It's going to challenge us as a church. It's going to push us to be better. And the, the thing with, with Ephesus, the, the church in which Paul wrote this letter, is they were in this very unique situation. There was many cultures that had come together. Um, last week I compared it to like modern day Seattle. You have all these cultures that are coming in. Um, you, it was a port city. It was a uh, capital of the Asia, Asia Minor at the time. Um, it was a very important city. And so all the cultures coming together, all the different faiths and belief systems coming together, and that all made its way into the church, which is a great thing, but it also deterred some of the theology. It it deterred from some of the teachings that Paul had brought to this church originally. And so when he wrote this letter, it was a correction back. I, I know that you know these things. I love you enough to tell you this. We're coming back to what we had learned originally. So that's what we find in Ephesians. The second part is there's an idea out there. And I don't know necessarily if I understand or agree with this idea, but there's a claim that in some of the early manuscripts of the book of Ephesians that Ephesus wasn't mentioned like it is in what we see now. Which, it doesn't really deter from what the message is. It doesn't change what the message is. It doesn't change that this is what the Ephesians were facing at this time, because at some point they got this letter. But the idea is that the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians are are very well connected. Um, That he wrote the book of Colossians or the letter to um, the church in Colossae, and then he expanded. He, He elaborated on it more. He spent some more time digging deep into what it is that he was telling the church in Colossians. And so we see lots of parallels in the teaching. We see lots of parallels in, in his ideas and what he's trying to present. But the one common factor between both letters is that Paul genuinely had a love for these people. He very much loved these people. He had a connection with the church of, of Ephesus because he spent time there. We see it in Acts that, that he spent time there. And then when he left, he left Timothy there to take over the church. And so he had this this connection, this deep, true love for them, the same way that he had for the church in Colossae. And so we we do see parallels, we do see the same idea, but really it's Paul as a pastor, as a person, loved these people. So here's the corrections that we need to make. Y'all are doing, you're doing great, you love the Lord, we're excited that you love the Lord, but here's some corrections. Here's some, let's get back on track, let's get back to center. So that's where we find ourselves when we open up the book of Ephesians. And like I said last week, we covered the first half. We got through um, verse 14, and we talked about what Paul meant when talking about being connected to the Lord and, and what the word predestination means compared to what it, we try to skew it as now in 2023. And so we took a look at all of that, and what we've come to the terms is that, that God is calling all of us. He's calling each and every person, but it's those that respond that he is talking about as this connection, this, this love that's coming together, this adoption that is coming. And so it's pushing us to, no matter what we do, we need to be presenting the gospel. No matter who we're talking to, no matter who we're around, we need to present the gospel to people. Because God's searching after them, 
And they might not hear the gospel every day. But if you're, if you're presenting it in a way, you're presenting love in a way, slowly but surely it's going to start working on their hearts. So that's what the first half of Ephesians is talking about. So moving forward, we find ourselves in verse 15. In verse 15, he, he's giving his, his thanks. He's giving his love for the people. Excuse me. He's also offering a prayer. So we start here, verse 15. He says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. So there's a few things that Paul expresses here. And if you've, been, if you've been with us, if you've been attending this church for the last several months, um, we have done a deep dive into prayer. And not only did we do a deep dive into prayer, but we did a deep dive into the way Paul prayed for people. And so here it is again. We're, we're seeing the same idea, the same love that he expressed in other letters. He expresses this desire, and because of this, because I have heard of your faith, I do not cease to give thanks to you. Thanks for you, excuse me. He's expressing this need of prayer. He's expressing this need of, I, because I love you so much, I am going to the Lord on your behalf. Because I love you so much, I am so thankful for what you're doing in this church that I am going to the Lord on your behalf. He continues on by, by saying he's praying for their wisdom. He's praying for their growth. Their, their spiritual growth. He, he wants this church to continue to grow. That should be the prayer for all churches. When we look at the scripture, we should be able to insert in, I pray for the growth at Highland. I pray for the growth at, insert name of church here. I'm praying for this growth and for this, this desire to build within your spirit. It says, may, may the spirit of wisdom and revelation and his knowledge of him, may that be built up. May, may this come about. It should always be our goal personally and as a congregation to be growing in Christ. To be growing in our wisdom of Christ, to be growing in our faith of Christ, to be growing in how we share Christ. There should always be growth so that we don't become stagnant. We don't become just stuck in what we're doing. We don't become stuck in our lives, but we continue to grow in the Father. Again, it says, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. This is why we do studies like this. This is why we, we have sermon series like this, where we go through a book of the Bible. Biblical literacy is a huge part of the Christian walk. We have got to understand what scripture is saying to us, so that when we're asked a question, we might not have every answer, but we can go, you know what? We did a study on Ephesians. I remember it saying something like this. And then we can go and find it and we can, we can express what it is that Scripture is telling us. Biblical literacy is a huge part of what we do. It should be a huge part of our personal devotion times, but it should also be something that we come together as a church to do. When we come together and we open up like this, the book of Ephesians, and we go through verse by verse, we as a church are developing in our knowledge of him. 
We're developing in our knowledge of what God has presented. This is the, the God-breathed word. And if we don't understand what it says, or at least have an idea of what it says, we cannot be the best portrayers of the gospel that we're called to be. It also gives us a cool look at the way Paul views prayer. He's praying for these people as a friend. He's praying for these people as, I I know you, and I love you, and I'm praying for you. But he's also praying for them as a pastor. He's praying for them as the spiritual, the former spiritual head of this church. I'm praying that you grow. I'm praying that you continue on. Church, we're currently searching for a pastor, and this is what we should be looking for in a guy. We should be looking for somebody who spends their time praying for you, praying for each and every person that walks into this building. Because that's important. It's important for a guy to be able to come in and present the gospel and to present a message every Sunday. But it's just as important that Monday through Saturday, they're praying for you. They're praying for your growth. They're praying for their own growth. They're praying continuously. Paul is showing that here, that even though he has been removed from this congregation, he is still praying for them. So again, as we continue to search for this next pastor of this church, we should do so looking for somebody who is dedicated to prayer. We continue on verse 18. He says, Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what the hope is to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? There's two things that, that he points out here. There, there are two enlightenments that he, he acknowledges here. We're promised two things in these two verses. If, we, if our hearts are enlightened, God will reveal to us what we're called to do and then what we're promised once we have gone to be with him. Because here's the thing about walking with Jesus, is that we are all called to do something. We're not all called to preach, and we're not all called to to lead Bible studies or to serve in the children's program. I'm not called to serve in the nursery. I'm not. I'm not. I I love children. When they're in here and we get to hang out together, it's amazing. I can promise you I'm not called to serve in the nursery. But we're all called to something. Whether it, is, whether it is preaching the gospel or teaching a Sunday school or working with youth or, or on the worship team, we're all called to something. And that's great. But those are things that happen here in the church. We are also all called to something outside of these walls. Because our calling doesn't stop at 11.15 whenever the sermon's over and we give the invitation and Tyler plays a song and we go. Our calling doesn't stop there. Our calling doesn't stop until we're sitting at the throne of the Father. Our calling does not stop no matter what we're doing. Good days, bad days, it doesn't matter. Whether we feel like it or not, our calling does not stop. And he tells us, and because we have gained this knowledge of him, that he will open the eyes of our hearts so that we know what we're called to do. 
At the moment, I am called to a job working within finance for local government. That's what I'm called to do. And whether it's what I'm called to do forever or not, I don't know. But it's what I'm called to do right now. And even in those times, I can share the love of Christ with people around me. I can share the love of Christ no matter what I do. When I go to departments to to discuss different issues, or if I go to a department head and say, hey, this isn't, I can do that. But I can do it in love. I can do it with the same love that God has shown me. Because right now, that's my calling. I get to do this on Sundays. We get to do this on Wednesdays. But when we step out of this building, I am called to be in that position to love on those people. And I've wasted callings before. I I, I wasted time when I was in the restaurant business. I did not always show the love of Christ. It it was a time and a period in which I, I wasn't as close to the Father as I am today. And because of that, the way I acted resembled that. And so now when these people see me, that he's preaching and he's doing all these things, that's cool. But what about back then? And I miss those times. I, I, I did not follow what I was called to do. But the cool thing is, is that when God removed me from that situation and provided a different situation and got me back on track with him, it, I was able to go into a new calling in which I can share the love of Christ. And it's not easy. It's not always, it's not always just comes natural. It's hard. It can be very hard. Because just like any other job, there are times that can become very frustrating. But it doesn't stop. Our calling does not stop, even if we don't want it to continue. The second thing that he tells us here is that we are promised the riches of his glorious inheritance. The same thing that it talked about over here, when we are called into adoption with him, we are then called into an inheritance within him. It continues on saying the same thing here. There is an inheritance that we will get from the Father. But that's after our calling is over. Because one day our calling is going to stop here on earth. The Lord is going to call us home. And then we get to be with him. For some of us, that could be many years down the road. For for some people, that time comes too soon for us. But either way... Our calling continues until we're called home. He continues on, verse 20 and 21. That he worked in Christ when he, was, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above the rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. The same Jesus that died on a cross for you is the same Jesus that is now at the right hand of the Father and is working on behalf of you. He is the one who knows your name and has covered you with his blood because of his sacrifice. He is there at the right hand of the Father, continuously working on your behalf. And not only that, but it'll continue forever. 
It's not a position that, like our work positions, that come and go and there's a season and it's forever. The same Jesus that died 2,000 years ago, ago on a cross for you is there now, will be there when you get to heaven, and will be there forevermore. That is the same Jesus then that he is now, that he will be forever. He continues on. Verse 22, And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus is why we do this. Jesus is why we do everything that we do here at Highland Baptist Church. It's because of Jesus. And not only is it because of Jesus, but it's through the power of Jesus. Because it doesn't matter who the head of our church is as a pastor. Because Jesus is the head of our church as a congregation forever. It doesn't matter who is filling in or who is doing what. Jesus is over this church. And I can also promise you this, that whoever it is that will be the next pastor of our church, it's because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. It's because he is the head of our church and he will place that person in the hearts of the committee. Everything that we do here is because of him. Jesus is why we do what we do. And because of his power, it's why we get to do what we do. A few weeks ago, again, we get to baptize and we get to, we get to celebrate this baptism and all of these awesome things that are happening. And it's not because of anything that any one person did in this church. It's because of Jesus. It's because Jesus moved in those four hearts and led them to a relationship with him. It's because of Jesus. And if we can continue to present the gospel and we can continue to provide and continue to do what we do here. But the only way that we're successful is him. And the best part is, is that nothing ever will change his place of power. There is nothing that can be done that will change him from being at the right hand of the Father. So if we mess up, if we, if we screw something up, or we don't follow, Jesus will move us forward. Because there is nothing that we can do that changes his power. There is nothing that we can do that can take the power away from Jesus. So what does this mean for us? We, we look at this scripture and we, we look at all of this together in 2023, these words that were written so many years ago. And what does it mean for us? The church of Ephesus needed guidance. They, they were in a position of being led astray by different teachings, different doctrines, and Paul was bringing them back. Paul, through, through the writing of, of his friend that was with him, but through the power of Jesus, and through the words of the Holy Spirit, he was able to guide these people back to center. 
These believers needed guidance. But so do we. We need guidance. We need direction. We need understanding. Because we can only be the best followers of Jesus if we are relying on him for everything that we do. Truly what this breaks down to is that we need growth within ourselves. Growth is such a scary word when we talk about it as a congregation. We, we, we need growth as a church. People think that, that we're talking about we need more bodies and seats and we need more tithes and offerings. We need to spiritually grow within ourselves. Because the rest of it will come. Because, like I said before, Jesus is the head of this church, and he's going to continue the mission of this church through his power. And, of course, we we need people, and we need people here, and, of course, we need tithes and offerings. But we need to rely on God and grow within him. The second that we decide that our growth as Christians is done... We lose all the momentum we have gained through growth in Jesus. The second we go, you know, I don't need this Bible study. I don't need this extra. We become stagnant. Again, we have this comparison between Ephesians and Colossians. At the beginning of Colossians, he has a very similar prayer. And it's Colossians 1, verses 9 through 10. And he says this, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased praying for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of the will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We bear fruit by the actions that we present through Jesus. This church was able to bear fruit because we were faithful to the gospel and we were faithful to Jesus and Jesus moved within this church. That is the spiritual understanding that we are called to have. That is the spiritual wisdom that we are called to have. It's great that we're able to do this But the credit doesn't come to us. It doesn't come to us as a staff. It doesn't come to us as a church body. The credit goes to Jesus. Continuous growth in Jesus should always be our goal. In everything that we do. Whether it's Bible studies, or whether it's a sermon on Sunday morning, or it's prayer on Wednesday night, or it's a Bible study on Wednesday night, Awanas and Children's Church, growth should always be our goal. It is a never-ending process that will continue as long as we're following Jesus, which should be forever. These scriptures bring us three things, three points that I want to focus on before we wrap up today. The first one is prayer is important. Prayer is very important. Again, we saw it a few, uh, a, a few weeks ago as we went through the prayers of the Apostle Paul when we saw the way that Paul preached and, and prayed for these people. But what it is, it's a conversation with the Father. Think of any relationship that you carry in your everyday life. 
Those relationships become stronger the more you communicate. My marriage becomes stronger the more that I communicate. My friendships become stronger the more I communicate. If we are going to get closer to the Father, we have to both talk to the Father and listen. Because a lot of times we're really good at talking. I'm, a, I'm very good at talking. I love talking. I love talking to the Lord. But it's the stopping and listening that's the hard part. He tells us, be still and know that I am God. I have a hard time being still. I have a very hard time being still. Both physically, mentally, and spiritually, I have a hard time being still. But if I'm going to have a conversation with God, I have to be willing to listen. Because if it's not a conversation, it's a dialogue. And he already knows what I think. He already knows my heart. He doesn't need to hear it. He knows my heart. And it would be selfish of me to just share and then say, bye. And then go on about my day and just completely ignore and never take the time to listen. The more that we communicate with the Father, the more we grow in a relationship with Him. Which brings us to our second point. We must pray to be better. Which is a very kind of strange thing to say. But we should pray for growth. We should always pray. We should pray for our own spiritual growth. I pray for the spiritual growth of my children who gave their lives to Jesus and were baptized a few weeks ago. I pray for their growth. I love when they come up and ask me questions. I love when they bring their Bible to me and go, hey, what does this mean? The fact that they're working through these books in Awanas and they have all these questions and they can read a scripture and it asks them a question and they go, hey, work through this with me. I love seeing that growth. But it can't just be for children. Our spiritual growth has to be congregation-wide. Because growth is important. Paul desired for the growth of the church in Ephesus, but he also desires for the growth in Highland Baptist Church in 2023. As a staff member of this church, I desire for the growth of this church, just like Paul desired for the growth of Ephesus. Again, this is why we do series like this. This is why we do, it's called exegetical work. We, we work through the exegesis of Scripture. We take the words and we go through it and we understand what they mean. We look at the important words and figure out where it connects in the old Greek and, and why we view it this way. We work through these together so that we can grow. When I first got into preaching and teaching and becoming a pastor, I was looking at seminary degrees. And the more I looked at these degrees, the more I got terrified because every degree required Greek and Hebrew. And here's the thing. Um, don't tell Clovis Municipal Schools this, but I graduated without taking a foreign language. 
I don't know if it was a requirement back then, but I snuck through. I am bad with language. I was bad in English. I was definitely bad in Spanish the three weeks I was in there. I'm not good with language. But the more that I grow, and the more that I study, and the more that I look at the old Greek and Hebrew, the more I realize that when I was learning Spanish, I was relying on Brandon. But if I am going to, again, rely on the Lord for my growth, I must do the same with languages. Because if I'm going to understand what they were talking about in the original Greek, I have to understand what the Greek said. I have to understand why they wrote it the way that they wrote it. And there's lots of cheat tools, and I have a really cool app that that lets me go to words and see how it's used, and see how it's used differently throughout Scripture. But if I'm going to continue growing in the Lord, that's one of the things that I feel like He's calling me to do. This is why we do studies like this, is so that we can work through verse by verse and understand what it's saying. And lastly, like we've talked about over and over again, Jesus is over all. He is over everything that we do. He's over everything that we do here at Highland. He's over everything that you do within your life outside of these walls. Jesus is over all. He's seated at the right hand of power. He is in control and has dominion over everything. That's what the Bible tells us. One of those things that he has dominion over is the calling that's on our lives. Because again, you have a calling on your life. I have a calling on my life. And we have to continue to search and rely on the Lord to lead us there. This week, as I was uh, ignoring my duties and uh, scrolling through Instagram, I, uh, I came across this video. And it was, a, it was a, a priest, a Catholic priest. They were talking about their favorite prayers. And one of the guys says, I, I, have, I have one. I don't, it's not necessarily a prayer, but I use it as a prayer. And it's from St. John Henry Newman, who was a formal, former Catholic cardinal, who was granted sainthood by the church years later. And he says this, God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. I have my mission, and I may never know, I may never know it in this life, but I shall be told it in the next. I am a link in a chain, a bond of connection between persons. He has not created me for naught. I shall do good. I shall do his work. I shall be an angel of peace and a preacher of the truth in my own place while not intending it. If I do, but keep his commandments. Therefore, I will trust him. Whatever, wherever I am, I can never be thrown away. If I am in sickness, may my sickness serve him. In perplexity, may my perplexity serve him. If I am in sorrow, may my sorrow serve him. He does nothing in vain. He knows about what he is about. He may take away my friends. He may throw me among strangers. He may make me feel desolate, make my spirit sink, and hide my future from me. Still he knows what he is about. 
You were called to something. Like he said here, we may never know what it is. We may never truly understand what God has called us to do. You may have shared the love of Christ without realizing you shared the love of Christ, and that person remembered it for many, many, many years and then came to know the Lord. And you may never know that in this lifetime, and that's okay. You are called to something. And when we rely on the Lord, he will show us that. He will guide us to those positions. And whether we know it or not, we are working on his behalf. As we leave here today, as we leave here as a church today, we must rely on these words of Paul. We must rely on the guidance of Paul as he commands of the church of Ephesus, but also of us. We have to grow in him. We have to grow in Jesus. We have to allow the Lord to guide our church and to guide our ministries and to guide everything that we do. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you're here today and you have never given your life to him, I urge you to do so. Because once you come to know the Lord and once you start to walk in the path of the Lord, there is no greater joy in your life. There is no greater joy than being on the path that God has put you on. So as Tyler and the praise team comes up, and as we wrap up for this, eve- this, this morning, excuse me, I pray that, that we as a body of believers continue to grow in Christ, that we continue to grow in Him in everything that we do. Because if we're not growing, we become stagnant, and we become what we are not called to be. We miss our calling if we remain stagnant.